Mindful Mamas, and welcome back to the Enlightenhood Podcast. I am your host, Lena Lemos, and I know I say this all the time, but I am so grateful that you are here. The Enlightenhood platform has just, it is blowing my mind and it's allowing me to have conversations with people in my everyday life about mindfulness and just being able to connect on such a deeper level. And I don't think I would have been able to do that if I wouldn't have just let go of all these self-limiting beliefs that I'm not good enough. Why me? Who's she for doing this? And the conversations that I've been able to have with people close to me who, not going to lie, I was so scared to put myself out there for enlightenment to begin with. I was more scared for the people who knew me, what they were going to think I was doing versus the people I didn't know. I welcomed that. Hey, new friend, that's amazing. But the people I knew, crap, that is terrifying. But I'm so grateful for everything that this platform has done, all the conversations I've been able to have, all the amazing women I've been able to connect with, and I cannot wait for how it continues to grow and just all the meaningful things that we're learning and how we're showing up, and we are just going to be our best selves. I'm so excited for you and for me and for all the amazing things that are to come when we truly just commit to being present and showing up. So today I am talking to Caitlin Dobmeyer. She is a self-love and empowerment coach and the founder of This Mama Is. So Caitlin's mission is really to empower women everywhere to step fully into the power and own their extraordinary. And I love that word, extraordinary, because we don't think of ourselves as extraordinary enough. And just imagine how you would feel every single morning if you woke up and your first thought was, I'm extraordinary. I also have to tell you some very exciting news that Caitlin and I did a shirt collaboration, oh, and a hat with the saying mindful AF for all you mindful mamas out there. So I will put the link in the description as well as on the Enlightened Hood Instagram, as well as Caitlin's This Mama Is Instagram. And we will link to it. Go get yourself one. Use the hashtag This Mama Is Enlightened and let's all match for the summer. Woohoo. One of the things that I really love about Caitlin is that she's really able to spin so many aspects of our everyday life into really meaningful lessons. And she's on social media preaching so much inspiration. So I really encourage you to go check her out. And today we are diving into everything self-limiting beliefs and all the terrible things that we tell ourselves. So here's Caitlin. I think it's really funny the way that the universe connected us. I think we may have crossed paths a few times without knowing it. I know. (laughs) And, you know, with creating this platform, I've been, of course, looking to connect with amazing moms. And I saw that you live nearby and it just got us down this rabbit hole of, wait a second, our families are from around the same area. We went to the same college. (laughs) It's so, so crazy. We almost got married in the same place. Yep. Definitely the universe meant for us to meet. That is for sure. And so I, if you could just, I love your pregnancy story. So could it, if you could just share it with everyone, I think the way you just open it up is amazing and hilarious. And for anyone who's been in New York City, I'm sure feels your pain immensely. Sure. So I knew that I was pregnant 
the night that I threw my wallet away on the subway. So I used to work in Manhattan and I was coming home after a late night and I had some things in my purse that I wanted to throw away. So I reached into my purse and I threw them away or so I thought. And then I looked down and realized I had thrown my wallet away into a New York City subway trash can, which has to be one of the most disgusting places on the planet. So I started immediately panicking. I was like, what am I going to do? And if you've never been to New York City and on the subway, the garbage cans are cemented to the ground and they're padlocked closed so that nobody can tip them over or anything like that. So I was panicking because there was, first of all, I didn't want to reach in there, but there was no way for me to even get to it because it was like so far down and you can't tip it. So I had to run and like find a subway attendant and I was like crying. (laughs) They were very nice and I got my wallet back and it was all fine. But I sat down on the subway and I was like, I think I must be pregnant. And I actually bought a pregnancy test at Penn Station that night and took it the next day. And sure enough, I was pregnant. (laughs) I love that so much. So tell me a little bit about your journey once you found out you were pregnant and through your pregnancy and postpartum and how that evolved into now you're this mama is. Sure. So my pregnancy was thankfully a really simple, normal pregnancy. You know, I had the normal discomforts and things like that, but I had a pregnancy that went very, very well. And I was just so excited to become a mom. It was something that I had looked forward to for a really long time. And I just had this picture in my mind of what it was going to be like when she got here. My daughter's name is Lucy. So I had this picture in my mind of what it would be like when Lucy got here and I thought I was going to have this relaxing maternity leave where I would get all these things done and that was not the case at all. Um, I really struggled in the beginning of my postpartum with a lot of anxiety and just a lot of really big feelings. I would go from feeling this immense love and just be like so consumed by it and then in the next minute I would be sitting on the floor sobbing and couldn't tell you why. My husband would come in and ask me what was wrong, and I couldn't tell him. I just didn't know. And I was so overwhelmed by these big feelings. I felt so alone. I felt like I must be the only person in the world that is going through this. My daughter was very colicky. She had terrible acid reflux. She cried all the time. I honestly didn't think she was ever going to smile. I was like... I gave birth to a child that is never going to smile ever in their life. <laughs> um, so it was really difficult. I the This picture of motherhood that I was living did not in any way match up with what I thought it was going to be. And that was really difficult for me. And um, I ended up going to a breastfeeding support group about eight weeks in. And that really changed my life. And honestly... It saved my relationship with my baby. It saved my relationship with myself because suddenly I was sitting in a room full of mothers who were going through the same sort of things as me. And they were saying the things that I thought I was experiencing in isolation. You know, the doubts of whether or not it was even the right choice to become a mom, which which when I would have those thoughts, I felt like the worst mom in the world for thinking that way. And then there were other people sitting in a room with me who were going through the same things. And it was just so comforting. That's amazing. So then how did you think, 
think to turn that into this mama is? Yeah. So I was doing a lot of journaling at the time because I felt that it was something that really helped me process my feelings, helped me work out, you know, a lot of the emotions that I was having. And I just found this love for writing. And I thought to myself, okay, so if I was at the beginning of this motherhood journey and felt like I was so alone and so unprepared. I felt so unprepared. Um, And I then found out that, you know, through going to this support group that there were a lot of other mothers who were going through the same thing as me. I thought there must be other people out there, other women who are struggling with some of the same things as me, who feel like they're alone. So I decided to turn it into a blog and Um, I was brainstorming about what I could call it and what I would write about. And this mama is came to mind just because it's sort of this unfinished sentence that you can fill in in so many ways. This mama is strong. This mama is enough. This mama is powerful. This mama is tired. You know, like any, you can fill it in in a million different ways. And so that's really how the blog was born. Um, the blog came first and then I had the idea for the, the boutique. Um, and so that came with some products and some shirts that are all just meant to really empower and inspire mothers and let them know that they are never alone in anything that they are walking through and that no matter what they're feeling, what they're thinking, they're always enough and they're always strong enough to go through whatever it is they're walking through. I love that. Your shirts are the cutest. Thank you. <laughs> I need to get one and wear <laughs> like every day. I'll have to send you one. Yes, please. Oh mm-hmm. my God. So one thing that we were talking about when we were first connecting that I love that you said so much was we were talking about all the terrible things that people say to you when your parents, especially of young kids. And one thing you said that really struck a chord with me is how joyful you felt when you you saw your daughter running and walking for the first time and how so many parents are so quick to say, Oh, just wait till they're walking. Your life is over. Like they're just going to keep running and that's the end of everything. And I just love how you turned it into this most joyful, cheerful thing. And I don't even know where I'm going with this. I just had to tell. <laughs> no, thanks. I, I, and, I, and on Instagram, you always show up and you really spin things in the most perfect way. Oh, how, thank you. How long did that take for you to kind of get to that point where you were seeing things in that way after the whole pregnancy and postpartum journey that you had? Yeah. So I think that it's so important to use the social media platforms as a way to be transparent and to show what's really going on in our lives. So I have never shied away from talking about my anxiety and talking about the things that I struggled with when I was first postpartum. Um, But one of the things that really helped me move past that phase in my life when I was really struggling with the anxiety and things like that was really focusing on the positive aspects of life and always looking for the gratitude. What can I be grateful about in this moment? What is this teaching me? So instead of thinking of it as something that is really negative and that's something that is happening to me, thinking about what is this situation teaching me? And I think young children are such incredible teachers. They are such an embodiment of like human life at its finest, I almost feel, because they have 
They're so carefree. When they want to do something, they do it. They like they don't have any problems expressing their emotions the way that we do as adults. They don't have any problems showing their joy or their creativity. They're not worried about anybody squashing their dreams. Um, so it's just so amazing to to watch my daughter grow. And as she enters each new phase, to see the wonder in her eyes for the world. And yes, sometimes she frustrates me. Of course, I'm a human being. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I always try to remind myself, this this is not going to last very long, this little bit of childhood. So I try to see the joy and the beauty in it as much as possible. I think that's really hard to do, but I think it's any effort once you start putting forth and you see how it can really change the present moment, I think is a huge thing that most mothers don't realize until they're actually doing it. For sure. And it becomes a habit, you know, just in the way that focusing on the negative becomes a habit. And so we start doing it a lot, mm -hmm. focusing on the positive and trying to be really intentional about that, that can become a habit too. Yeah. So one thing I asked you was that what was the one topic that you could nerd out about forever? And you said talking about uh, self-limiting beliefs. Yes. So I asked you what the top five were that you thought the most that you're seeing through your empowerment coaching. And so lay it on me. Okay. Yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm obsessed with talking about limiting beliefs because we all have them and to identify them and work through them is so powerful. And I just feel like I get so fired up about it because I feel like if the women on this planet were to just work through all of the nonsense that they put on themselves and all of these limiting beliefs, it would just be so freaking powerful and the ripple effect would be unbelievable. So I just am so passionate about it. So in working with a lot of, of women and talking to a lot of women, these five things kind of sprang to mind and I'll sort of list them out and then I'll kind of go back and talk about them. But number one being that your worth comes from the approval of other people. So that idea of seeking validation outside of ourselves and looking for other people to tell us that we are worthy. That's number one. Number two, I'm not enough. And you can fill in the blank there. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not whatever it is. It is always coming back to I'm not enough. Number three, thinking that wanting more for your life than you already have is somehow greedy. That if you are not, you know, satisfied with what you have and you're wanting more, that that's, you know, somehow asking for too much. Number four, taking time for myself is selfish. This is a huge one for women, especially moms. Um, I feel like so many of us have this, this notion that if we are spending time just for ourselves, that means we're neglecting the other people around us, which just isn't true. And number five, if I take the chance, if I go for the thing, I'm going to fail or my work isn't going to be perfect, so it's not going to be good enough. So those are kind of my, I guess, top five that I hear from people a lot. So once <laughs> I, and I'm sure I have probably an aspect of every single one of those. So when trying to get rid of these self-limiting beliefs, where do you even start? 
Okay. So (laughs) a great place to start is by listening to what is the internal self-talk. If you start to pay attention for just a couple of days to the things that you say to yourself inside your brain, it's really shocking. And I would suggest maybe like taking notes in your phone or carrying around a little notebook. And when you hear something pop up in your brain of, oh, well, that wouldn't work because that's a limiting belief. If you hear something pop up in your brain that says, you'd never be able to do that because that's a limiting belief. Or anytime you're feeling disempowered, anytime you're feeling down on yourself, there is a limiting belief behind that. So start listening to the things that you're saying to yourself, and that is really going to start to uncover these limiting beliefs that you have. Also, if you're to sit down and just journal about what would your dream life look like, like pie in the sky goals, what would that look like for you? And start to listen to the things that you say to yourself about why you can't have it. Those are going to be showing showing you your limiting beliefs as well. So it's a really good exercise um, to, to do that kind of work and start writing those things down in order to identify them. So as a millennial mother of the social media age, every single day, I see tons of other mothers on Instagram living it up. (laughs) How do we create this bubble where we're, we're creating this, kind of buffer between us and what we think is someone else's reality to shield us from these comparisons. Yeah. So first of all, I feel like this has been said so many times, but comparison is truly the thief, the thief of joy. You are never going to find good feelings in comparison. And I think it's so important for us to remember that very often the picture that is being shown on Instagram or on social media is not, it is never the full picture. It is a tiny, tiny piece of a reality that someone is choosing to show. And I think that's the important thing to remember that whatever you're consuming on Instagram, someone has chosen to show that. You know, they're choosing the highlight reel. They're choosing to put a filter on it. They probably, for every single photo that you see your favorite mama blogger posting, and I'm guilty of this too, to be completely honest, there's probably like 75 photos of the same thing. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, which one looks the best? Which one is my smile the best? Which one does my hair look the best? Which one is my kid actually looking at the camera when you've been bribing them with like goldfish to like sit there and take a picture? So just knowing that, that is not a reality. And when you're going on to social media to, to be a consumer and to, and to, you know, consume things that you like, be so careful about what it is that you're actually consuming, because that really affects your mindset. If you're constantly seeing things that make you feel less than, or make you go into that comparison mode, you don't need that in your life. You can absolutely hit that unfollow button. And if there are people who truly inspire you that, that, you know, you think they're doing amazing work and you love what they're doing and you love interacting with them, that's awesome. Keep those people on your feed. But in my opinion, I've gone through a huge shift in the way that I use social media. And if I feel like someone is, is triggering me in some way and causing comparison in some way, I just hit unfollow because I don't, I don't need that in my life. That's great advice. 
Yeah, I think too often there's this fine line between the inspiration of, oh, I want to be like them so much, and then where it gets tricky into the comparison mode where you start nitpicking every single thing, and then it almost leads to the, well, why can't I be that way? Definitely, for sure. It's Social media is a very tricky, it's a tricky thing, especially when it's so amazing because we get to connect with so many like-minded people, but then it's also so toxic in the fact that it's probably one of the reasons we're not being our true selves and connecting with like-minded people. Definitely. And whenever, whenever I know that I'm going to be using social media, I, I try to think of it as I want to use this in creation mode. So instead of being consumer mo- in, in consumer mode and just mindlessly scrolling through my feed, I'm thinking about, all right, I'm showing up on this platform to inspire people, to share an important message, and to connect with people who are like-minded. And I want to walk away from using it, feeling inspired, having learned something, and the accounts that just don't fill those needs for me. I don't follow them and maybe they fill it for someone else. That's not to say that it's not, you know, a great account, but um, that's really just, that's the, the mindset that I try to have with it. Yeah. So once we've made this bubble and we've started realizing what our self-limiting beliefs are, how do we make those next steps into correcting them? Definitely. So I think it's very important to, to write those limiting beliefs down. Like I said, you've gone through the work of identifying what they are, Write them down so that you can see them and you need to start teaching yourself why they're not true. So our limiting beliefs are, we've been working on them for a long time. They have been our beliefs probably since childhood. They are part of our subconscious brain. So the brain is taking in, you know, millions and millions of pieces of information and it's filtering out the things that we actually need that the brain feels like is important. And that's the subconscious brain doing that. And based on how we grew up, all the things that we've learned throughout our entire life, that's what the subconscious has decided is important. And that's what it's filtering for. So for example, if you grew up always hearing that rich people are bad, for example, um, that's going to be a belief that your subconscious brain has stored. And it's then going to turn it into, all right, rich people are bad. I don't want to be rich because I have learned from my family, from whatever, that rich people are bad. So then you, this limiting belief is playing out in your life in that you are sort of self-sabotaging yourself when it comes to that area. I hope that makes sense. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Once you have figured out what these limiting beliefs are, you kind of need to retrain your brain to tell your brain, okay, this is not true. This is not something that is serving us. We are not going to believe it anymore. We are going to replace it with something that is a new belief that does actually serve us. So I think the best thing to do is take that list of limiting beliefs that you have and then rewrite them to be positive beliefs that will serve you and write them in the present. So if you have that, that limiting belief about money, like rich people are bad or whatever, you can flip that belief and say that, you know, money allows me to do the things that I love. It brings me closer to the people that I love. And I am in a constant flow of abundance in receiving money. So you're writing it in the positive as if it's already happening 
And you can take that belief, that new belief that you've written and start looking for the proof in your life. So finding things that support that belief. So let's say maybe another limiting belief might be, I'm not creative. For whatever reason, you've grown up feeling like you're not a creative person. Maybe you had an art teacher or something like that when you were little tell you that that your art wasn't good enough or something like that. Um, Rewriting that belief in the positive would be something like, I am a creative person whose ideas are important and valid and will change the world. And then you start looking for that proof in your life, recognizing when you're having great ideas, putting yourself in situations that are going to make you feel creative. So your brain is getting the message on a day-to-day basis. Oh, right. I am creative. We're affirming this belief every single day so that it pushes out the old one and it takes the new one as what is true. How long would you say after you're doing this self-correcting and these positive affirmations, does it take to really start showing up? Yeah, for sure. It takes, it definitely takes work. And this is, this is a lifelong process. It's not like it's going to be like, Oh, I, I cleared all my limiting beliefs and like, now I'm good to go (laughs) for life. No, it's definitely not like that. Especially because at each new level and each new phase in our life, we're going to be discovering other limiting beliefs and other things that are going to come up that we're going to have to then start the process again and start working through those beliefs. But I would say a good start would be to give it a solid week of really focusing on saying, all right, this is my new belief and these are the actions that I'm going to take. So decide beforehand, what are the actions that I'm going to take to support this new belief and do it for five consistent days and stay really, really focused on it. So you start training yourself for it to become a habit. It obviously won't become a habit in only five days. But that kind of gives you an exercise of saying, all right, I'm going to be focused on this for five days. I'm going to make sure that I'm bringing this into my day-to-day life and staying really focused on it. I think that's a really good, easy ritual that people can start implementing because not only is it serving you so well, but it takes not a lot of time at all. Oh, for sure. Definitely. I love to start my day this way by just doing some journaling of, you know, maybe what happened the day before, anything that came up, the beliefs that I'm currently working on. And it really doesn't take that much time. I have a sort of morning ritual that Honestly, it only takes me about 15 minutes. I get up, I make my coffee. I do that sort of journaling exercise. I write out 10 things that I'm really grateful for, 10 specific things. And then I do about five minutes of meditation. And I can do it all before Lucy wakes up, before I need to get going with my day. And it has made the biggest impact in my life. So talk to me about meditation, because that's a one thing I have talked to other women about on this podcast, because I think... One of the biggest misconceptions about meditation is that you have to sit there with your legs crossed with zero thoughts in your head, almost Buddhist chanting. So tell me about how you got into meditation and what works for you, especially since it's all part of this short morning routine before your daughter wakes up. Sure. So I first got into meditation probably about 10 years ago, I guess. And that was when I had started a yoga practice. And I went to a specific class that had a meditation along with it. 
And I have to say, I like failed spectacularly at it, but it was fine because I learned a lot from it. Um, And I, you know, it was the racing thoughts. It was the not being able to focus, but I just thought, you know what, this would be so good for my mind if I can just start making this a daily practice. And honestly, I only ever do about five minutes or so. I don't, again, I don't sit for hours with my legs crossed, not thinking (laughs) anything. Um, There are some really helpful tools. Like I used the app Headspace for a long time. That really helped me kind of learn how to do it because it tells you the steps. It's guided. It's really, really great. So there are definitely a lot of apps like that, that I would suggest. Um, But I just put on, I literally Google um, meditation music and I pull something up from YouTube and I just put it on and I use a mala when I meditate and a mala is, um, a necklace that has 108 beads on it. And, um, it is specifically for meditation. So you hold it between your thumb and your middle finger and you, as you touch each bead, you say the same intention over and over again. So I will say something like today, I will be grounded and present in each moment. And I go around the mala and say that 108 times. And it usually takes me between like five and 10 minutes or so. I change my my mantra or my intention every day based on how I'm feeling. And that's how I do my meditation. I just sit at my desk, usually in my office chair with some nice music on that makes me feel calm. and, And I go through my mala. And it's, it's just really helps me be centered for the day and present. And that intention setting is really powerful because it comes up throughout the day after I've thought about it and said it to myself 108 times in the morning. Um, it comes up throughout the day of like, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not being present right now. I need to come back. So it's a really great way to kind of help my brain be intentional about how I want my day to go. How old was your daughter when that became your morning ritual? Um, I have, this has been part of my morning ritual in some way for a while. I was doing it probably for about two years before she was born. Um, right after she was born, it definitely went out the window for a little while. <laughs> um, but I would say by the time she was probably four or five months old, I, it was around the time I think that I went back to work, um, that I really intentionally made it part of my routine again before I would have to leave to get on the train and go into the city. And how have you noticed this morning ritual that it's affected the way that you interact with your daughter? Oh, it is huge because again, it just, it just helps me remember to come back to the present moment. And so she's almost two, she'll be two in July. And so we're definitely entering this, this phase of she wants to be able to do things by herself. She, if she is not getting the sort of focused attention that she wants, she'll go find something that will get her to get that attention. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So um, it's just so helpful in establishing from the beginning of the morning, this sense of calm, this sense of focus so that when I'm with her, I'm really focused on her. And 
instead of it feeling like, oh my gosh, only 10 minutes has gone by. You know what I mean? Like those moments of like, oh, 10 minutes have gone by. Like we're still, we're still playing the same game or whatever. It just, it makes it so much more intentional for me, which makes it more fun. And she gets so much more out of it too. So her demeanor and her, um, you know, sort of personality throughout the day is so much more elevated as well, because I'm able to give her what she needs in terms of attention and focus and all of that. So it has been a game changer in terms of that, that focused time with her and just, and really being intentional. And I can't wait until she's old enough to do it with me. Um, that'll be, that'll be super fun to be able to teach her these same sort of, you know, techniques and things like that. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to ask you that if you planned on introducing her to meditation at all. Oh, for sure. And she already like, if I say, Lucy, can you do downward dog? She'll like sort of like flip into <laughs> it because she's watched my husband and I both do yoga at the house and stuff like that. So it's really fun. Oh my goodness. That's adorable. Yeah. So for anyone out there who needs some words of encouragement today, mm -hmm. needs that pick me up, mm -hmm. what are your wise words? Okay. So this one I always feel like is kind of a, almost a, not a contradiction, but when I was in this, the really tough season of postpartum, people would say to me, oh, it's, it's only a phase. It will get better. And in the moment, I literally wanted to punch them in the face. Like I <laughs> wanted to punch them and be like, but it sucks now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if you are walking through a difficult phase right now, I, I feel you so hard. Like I feel you. And I know that when people say that it's just a phase and it will get better, you legitimately want to punch them in the face. So I know that you you need to honor the fact that whatever you're going through right now is difficult, but please know that there is a light at the end of that tunnel and it will, there will be days that feel so much brighter and lighter. So just know that that is coming um, and know that there's always, always a resource for you to find, to reach out and ask for help. For me, it was in the form of that breastfeeding group and being able to talk to other mothers and also the connections that I made on Instagram with other mothers. So just know that there's always a place where you can find someone that's going through something similar to you. You are never, ever alone in what you're going through. And also when you hear that mean girl voice inside your head saying that you're not good enough or you're not worthy, that voice is a lie. There is something behind that. There is a limiting belief behind that. There is something behind that that is asking to be healed. That's the reason it keeps coming up again, probably over and over. Um, but there's a lesson there that is, it's something that's asking to be healed. Um, one of my coaches who's amazing, she always says that if you feel triggered about something, you should lean into that because it's, it's something in your life. It's something in your heart that's calling out for healing. Um, so really lean into those moments when you're hearing that mean girl voice, you're, you're feeling like you're not enough and figure out what's beneath the surface there and, and then rewrite it and turn it into something that can be really powerful and really empowering for you. I love that advice so much. And I can speak to this and I'm sure you can too, Caitlin, that once you lean into that belief and you let it go and you heal it, just the abundance and everything that rushes in after it's healed is just the most amazing thing. 
Yes. I honestly, just a couple of days had this like massive energy block released and I just felt so, my entire body just felt so open. It was so amazing. So doing that work of, of leaning into it, it feels scary at first and it feels like, Oh, I don't like, I don't want to go there. But once you do, and like you said, once you release it and let it go, it's, it's amazing. I think it's also difficult because we don't necessarily realize how many things in our life that belief is blocking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it's pervasive in all areas of our life. So if you feel like, if you feel like there's a specific block in terms of like a relationship or something like that, that same limiting belief is probably showing up in the way that you feel about yourself, in the way that you feel about time, in the way that you feel about money, you know, all aspects of your life. It's, it's manifesting. It's there. Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love what you said that if all women just really realize this and put forth the effort to work on it, what an amazing powerful thing that could be in so many women's lives yes it it literally gives me chills to think about it because like I mentioned before thinking about that this self-care is selfish it is it is the furthest thing from selfish because when you elevate yourself you are elevating the lives of your partner you're elevating the lives of your children and they are going to go out into the world and the elevation that they have had because of the work you did is then going to go out and go to other people it's just the ripple effect is incredible so taking that time to do the work inside of yourself is zero percent selfish it is the most amazing gift of love that you can give to the people around you. I think that was so well said. I couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to Enlightened Hood, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and sees the beauty in every woman's why. If you would like to be part of our community, Find us on Instagram at Enlightenedhood and subscribe to this podcast where we put out new episodes every Monday and Wednesday.